0: Hey, welcome to The Look Back, my pandemic podcast, or hopefully post-pandemic podcast, broadcasting here from the basement of Newman Media Studios. My name is Keith Newman and I'm the host of The Look Back. And this is a place where we have some fun conversations with old friends, a few newsmakers, and some rule breakers, all in the name of sharing insights and experiences along with a little bit of levity and fun. I hope you enjoy the conversation. And if you're so inclined, or perhaps even open to some bribery, you'll share this podcast with some friends who might also enjoy it. Let's go on to the show. Hey, welcome to The Look Back. I got OG Prince Arabian from, uh, uh, gosh, your, your music fame, and now some really crazy new stuff around the metaverse.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, in the building, doing a lot of stuff, in you know, Web3, metaverse, blockchain, um, the future of the world, I call it, because you know, we've been how long have we been in web 2.0? We've been doing this since man, yeah, forever, man. Like the 10 you know, years I, is
0: 10 years equals hundred now, right?
1: Yeah, but I mean, we've been in, in just stagnant internet for a long period of time. And I think it's it's definitely time for a change just just for the better and for the safety of people.
0: I liked it. I want to lean into that a bunch with you, but can we first do, because this is called The Look Back, can we just do a little bit of that?
1: Yeah, for sure. So,
0: um, well, first of all, great to connect. Thanks again. I know you've been super busy with a, a really cool new project, but uh, um, it's just funny how things come together, right? Like, how did you get here? It's such an interesting road. And I know I kind of meet you in the same place because I'm doing a lot of stuff in Web3 Metaverse uh, blockchain you know, DAOs, crypto, Um, I think you're dabbling heavily into it. But first you got involved in music or was it tech before music or music before tech?
1: It was, I think it was in parallel. You know, I mean, I was a kid and my uncles and cousins, and they were all into electronics, you know, whether it was synthesizers or if you can remember, you may not be as old as me or you might be the same age. But, (laughs) you know, if you were a kid in the 60s and 70s, that was like the boom of electronics. I mean, stereo systems, and right. you know, I remember my uncle had the stereo with the equalizer, like like a fifty band equalizer, and then he had like the echo box underneath and the speakers. And you know, I mean, it was now stereos are just like either in your headphones or on a on your phone, or you might have. I don't even know anybody who has a stereo in their house anymore. How if about, they do, it's on me? their.
0: When we were kids, you remember going to Pacific Stereo and just yeah.
1: like all those rooms you could go in? <laughs> yes. I mean, you know, unless you're an audiophile now, that's yeah. the only person I know that would have, you know, a stereo system. So I grew up in that. And yeah. when I started DJing, and, you know, I think DJing 15, 16, you know, and made my first record when I was late 16 years old. Wow. Um, in order to be a producer of hip hop and electro music or electro funk or whatever you want to call it back in the day, you had to learn computers because you had to know how to sequence and you needed a sequencer that was on the computer at the time because they really didn't have too many sequencers like they do today. And to oh, yeah. learn how to do all that stuff in the studio with MIDI and SMPTE and CV gate, you really had to learn computers. So I've been doing both, man. I mean, music and animation yeah, that
0: was that was the cutting edge era that is when i got involved in this stuff and it threw me right out of my interest in music and i went way into tech
1: yeah yeah and that's what it does it it, it forces you because you have to learn and then you get into computers and you're like oh computers i can do so much more with this oh video so games did,
0: did you join nwa based on your tech chops
1: um not well god I mean, me and Dre was always hanging out DJing together. Right. And, you know, we started NWA because we wanted to make more money. You know, those to be honest. And <laughs> you know, we met Eazy-E and we started to form that. But I was kind of the tech dude. You know, I was a dude that had the synthesizers and the and the drum machines early on and was doing a lot of the stuff with computers. And I remember people calling me into their studio. How do you work this? How do you do this? And I was that guy. So
0: Hey, the dude that had the stuff was always, you know, in the band. Too. Yeah
1: yeah for sure
0: yeah that's great so what when you look back on on that whole experience how do you frame it in, in your evolution because you already had the tech stuff and now this music thing and then the music thing it blows up and it blows up kind of over a different s- periods of time right because it started out you know in compton and then it goes national and read, you know international with the movie straight out of right
1: right yeah and you know it's funny and I'm not sure how many people know this story, how we went national back in the day, because there was no internet back then, you know, when we okay. started, there was no social media. We can, we went national because our distributor was actually bootlegging our record and not really bootlegging it because our distributor was pressing them for yeah. us. So he would press our records, but he would press more for himself. And he was selling them on the East Coast.
0: Oh, well, that makes you sense.
1: Know? We weren't. We were yeah. just selling them locally because that's all we could do with our, you know, the trunk of our cars or wherever r- record store we could get to. But we started getting calls from Texas and Florida and other places awesome. to come perform, and we're like,
0: yeah, they didn't
1: know us. And we found out our records were over there, and we're like, hmm, there's something up with that.
0: And then, how does that start to fill in? You know, is it did you was it the major labels? that covered off and took care of the tours and the distribution of the records.
1: Yeah. Eventually, you know, we wanted to get out of that, you know, doing it ourselves, and ended up on um, priority records, which was under uh capital EMI at the time. And we had, I think we had a couple choices. We could have gone to maybe Virgin or a couple other labels or, but it was kind of like, you know, priority records was a new company and they had, they had the California raisins at the time when they had California raisins, you should do those commercials. We were like, we want to be on that label <laughs> California Raisins. Yeah. So thought that was funny.
0: Yeah. I know these things last like you were around forever doing this stuff, but it in 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 reality it was a very short window of time. Um these things tend to go in those kinds of uh phases. But when you look back on that, what are the things you remember the most or look back on, you know, most from a most positive standpoint on your life? And what do you kind of wish you know you did differently or maybe you know had a different crack at it?
1: Um, for me, I'm just blessed that as a young kid, I mean, we were 16, 17, 18 years old at the time, and none of us knew anything about this. We figured it out. And there was no internet. There was no YouTube at the time for us to get like a playbook of how to do it. And, and also we're creating a whole new genre of music on the West coast. I mean, they, you know, rap kind of started on the East and, and there's always a fight about where it started and who started it. But it's you know we're going into the 50th year of hip-hop and I was there toward the beginning of it and it's crazy to one still be relevant today the sound still be relevant today so when I look back I said I think the only thing that I, I regret is not bringing a lot of my associates with me when I went on my aha I know business journey you know I tried to talk to people like hey man getting ripped off over here or this and that you got to get on your business and you know i profess that a lot to the younger generation now tell them to take care of their music business not just their music you know so i think we should have been more vocal on that back in the day so that you know things would be better for everybody now
0: well you're you're definitely paying it back now i know you're we'll go into some of that it's funny you talk about how relevant the stuff is today you know we just lost coolio which was really sad to hear but that music, I listened to some of that stuff last night, and you know, wow, that's pretty relevant today too.
1: You know, it is. The words carry on. You know what I mean? And and you know, rest in peace, Coolio. I just did a show with him not too long ago, and was talking to him, and you know, his family, and it's, it's it's crazy. We're getting old. You know, they never they haven't said how he passed yet, but we're getting yeah. old. Yeah, and the culture is getting old, and you know, we pass on, we move on, but the legacy lives on. His music will always live on. So that's, that's a good thing.
0: No, totally. Okay. So let me go back to now the music industry just for a sec, because you were there, like you said, at the beginning, amazing to think about if you had some of those devices like YouTube or Spotify today when you cracked, but what's your view of the industry now good and bad,
1: bad. It's still the same. You still got people who are preying on people who don't, No, who are just the creatives a lot of i tell people you know they call it starving artists for a reason because most of us are artists luckily i'm a businessman i've learned at a very young age about money and about business but most artists are just artists they just want to create they don't want to do anything else they don't want to deal with music or business they don't want to deal with the business side of things right but other people do and they prey on the people who don't And that hasn't changed. But what I think has changed is you've got the aha moment of the younger generation that are now realizing I don't need anybody else but myself. I got social media. I've got a fan following. And I can sell my brand directly to my fans. And my fan base will respond in kind and buy from me directly. And I'm a happy camper. And I can make millions of dollars doing that. I was
0: going to say that. It's become um you know yeah you had business managers and all those you know agents and stuff and, and I guess those are still needed but you are much more involved now today and, yeah feed your passion of music but you got to feed your passion through social through all these other things too uh, controlling your own destiny much more I think than before
1: yeah yeah and too you know uh Steve Harvey said it very well I was watching something I'm always watching stuff on business and things and he he was talking about how you know, early on he had a manager, he had an agent, he had all these people, he had attorneys, and he was saying, well, okay, you would get an attorney, but you couldn't afford the attorney, so the attorney would do the deal, well, I'll take 5% of your stuff for handling all of your things. But you go, okay, that's cool. just, But then you think back and realize that's 5% of everything in perpetuity. So it's not like 5% of the deal, that's 5%. And then he calls his friend, who's a manager, and he goes, "Hey, I, you can manage him, and they want ten percent or fifteen percent or whatever that is. Now you're out of twenty percent. Then you bring in an agent, so you've got thirty percent of your money gone before you've done anything.
0: And don't and forget Uncle Sam.
1: Yeah, that's you know what word for word that's what he said. And then he said the government they want forty. So now seventy percent of your money is gone." and you've got to live on 30%. So now, you know, he does it all and he hires people to work for him to do these things. And I think that's that's the key is understanding that you're not just a, a artist, you're a brand, you're a business, you're a company and you if you hire people to do things for you, you can save a lot of money and keep a lot of that money, you know, as opposed to letting people take your percentages.
0: Yeah. Well, as much as I want to delve, how much are you doing now in music? Are you still working on recording? Are you doing more producing? Uh, how you, I know, I know. I see all your stuff behind you.
1: Well, I'm still, I'm still is in so it.
0: Fun, though, are you, are you actively you know, publishing stuff or how are you looking?
1: Still produce for a lot of groups. I ghostwrite for a lot of people. I actually like that more <laughs> because you know I'm, I've never been that guy who wanted to be famous out there in the public you know i like creating i'm a creator so if i can do music and make the money for other people it's cool if i make a record for myself i'll you know i still make song here and there i actually got an album coming out
0: you get into some music stuff for movies and commercials and things like that too
1: yep i actually do that as well um video games
0: I was you just know. gonna say when you're talking you were doing some video game stuff right How yeah fun? i've
1: been doing video game stuff for 40 years so Isn't that crazy yeah People
0: don't even realize there's some good money and all that hey so uh, one more music question before we get to the next web and that's kind of the thought of i still have a hard time um discovering new music like i still feel you know the radio's limited xm or whatever. The satellite stuff. I I still, uh, I'm on Spotify constantly and Apple, but I still feel like there's still something missing, like that ability to discover the new stuff. And I don't know. I'm I'm a little frustrated by that. Do you see some future potential with either Web three or social or what we're doing with some?
1: I think so because the way that the algorithms work on the Spotify's and the streaming services, they push a lot of the same stuff. I'm like, man, I go to this, you know, channel, I hear the same thing over and over. I'm not being introduced to something new, you know, and it's it's because they're making money. They want to push what's selling or what people want to hear, and all the new stuff just, you know, or people who don't have big followings, you never really hear it. I think, you know, as we get into web3 and people are able to monetize their own stuff again, you're going to see a place where people can actually explore music better. Just like we should do back in the past, when you would go to a record store and dig for music, like what is this, and you play it, and like oh, I like that. And, and if you were a hot DJ, you would play something that nobody knew, and somebody else would pick it up.
0: But tell me if I'm wrong. I mean, the the music industry's kind of followed that same thing too, right? Like the the radio stations, the you know, it, there are no music stores anymore, really. There are a
1: few, yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. You can't really explore that way. I think the only way you can explore is mostly on social media now. Like you can go to YouTube and just start digging around, or TikTok, or Twitch, or Instagram, and see if you can find you know some new hot artists. But it's hard.
0: I'm going to argue not with you, but to the point that there's something new out there that's going to help me understand. Hey what's Prince listening to now? Man? What's the cool shit he's seeing or creating or whatever, you know? Like, I'd like to know that. So I'm teasing you a little bit. We'll get into some of that. Um, you've been super active for the last bunch of years on tech, but but sharing your knowledge with other people and getting more folks involved um, and doing some stuff with accelerators down in SoCal. Give me a little sense of what's what what, what, what you're working on, what you're enjoying down there.
1: Yeah, so you know our big project. There's actually a few, but the, um, the biggest project is our MD DAO project, which is um, creating a medical metaverse platform. Um, we feel that you know healthcare is broken, and we want to create something that has inherent value. The, but at the same time, we want to create a DAO, which is a decentralized autonomous organization that allows people to come together and vote on what we build. Because I think a lot of the platforms you see. People present a platform, people use the platform, but they don't have a say in what's on the platform. So by creating the DAO, we present an idea and a concept of a platform and let people help us decide what we build. Now, we don't have to take all of that ideas, you know, but we use that as a foundation of what we build for what people want.
0: I love it. So. Take, so I've got WebMD over here. I got GoodRx over here. I've got what Amazon's doing, what Mark Cuban is doing. Uh, he was on my podcast not too long ago. But the, the idea of, you know, a lot of things to disrupt the shitty healthcare system we have now, um, you know, the most wealthiest nation in the world with the poorest or the most expensive healthcare, uh, it's very limited. Um, how, where do you fit in that whole... Uh, picture because you're obviously moving out to another dimension in a way.
1: Yeah. I, I see us as trying to situate ourselves as what I call the Amazon of healthcare. We okay. want to be the platform. We want to be a place where the Mark Cuban's the Amazon's everybody else out there building stuff in the medical space can plug into a hub that everyone can access. Because I think what's happening is the same old thing. Web3 is supposed to be decentralized. It's supposed to be for the people, by the people. But we're now seeing with Meta and some of the bigger companies, it's not. The people with the money are building it, and it's going to be the same thing. So in order to keep it you know, decentralized and, and unregulated.
0: Uh, and totally accessible.
1: Yes, and totally accessible. You need somebody who's got the voice of the people and the community. And that's what we're trying to be. We're trying to be community driven healthcare. And if other people are building stuff, we're inviting everybody in. Yeah. Meta, go ahead and create your own thing over there. But we're gonna be about community and about access. And that's what's gonna make it different.
0: I think people don't understand the the layer within the web three discussion that is talking about how it's going to be so much different. Everyone's starting to see you know VR AR models, or you know certain um, you know virtual worlds, and, and and some crypto payments. But there's an element to it that makes it much more. I don't want to say you know anarchistic or socialist, but it's about everything's even, everything's equal. There's no you know uh, fast pass for wealthy and things like that.
1: Right, right, and that's what it's got to be. I, I think that if if we make a community where everybody is is sharing information you know information information technology i think that's the way to go and you know people are going to do what they're going to do but people are tired of being part of the big systems you know and i'm not a conspiracy theorist i've never been that guy i'm yeah. i'm right down the middle with everything i'm just a very simple whatever person but i do hear all the time people complain one thing i don't like is complainers so what I want to build is something to say, hey, complainers on all sides, you can come help us build it. And you can't complain anymore because we did what you wanted. And if you're still complaining, you're never going to be happy.
0: So do you have an example of, you know, because I have a couple of thoughts in mind, but do you have an example of what you're following as is sort of your model or template that says, you know, here's how we're trying to build because community. is a great word. I love the idea of coming from the ground up versus getting something pushed down to me, you know, by these me- me- megapolises. but um, those are hard to find, those successful models.
1: Yeah, so our vision is very simply this. We want big tech, we want big pharma, we want hospitals and, you know, professional healthcare to be a part of this, right? So we're offering them like a package. We're doing memberships, right? Uh, professional membership for professional health care. Yeah. We're going to do health and wellness, which is everything kind of in between from your yoga studios to
0: mental health, right? Mental
1: health. Mental health is actually on the top of our tier. Yeah, right I,
0: I saw one of your posts. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's very important to us because I was on the call earlier and I said, look, people don't talk a lot about mental health, but I would really, I don't know the, the percentages, but in my mind, I'm thinking probably 90% of all of your physical illnesses come from something mental. You know what I mean? Mental will make you sick some way. And if if you're like, you know, your finances aren't good, your family life's not good, your car is broken. I mean, things will make you sick, <laughs> you know. So yeah. if we can help you on your mental side, we can help your physical side. So that's one thing we really posted. And then the third tier would be. Just to regular people. So we got professional health care, health and wellness and regular people, put them in a bubble, let them play nice and see what comes out.
0: Does does the idea of telemedicine? Is that starting to resonate? Uh, do you think is, are people getting into that? Because I, I mean, I'm a hand raiser right away. I love the idea. I didn't have to go to the doctor today. I just did a phone call or I did a little video chat with it. You know, that's amazing to me. Yeah. it me a whole bunch of time. But is that starting to spread? I haven't looked at any data in that area.
1: It's the first step. I mean, it's doing okay. Mm-hmm. But the problem with telehealth, and this, the reason I say problem, you still have to have access to a doctor. Uh-huh. Especially if you say the doctor, you don't have to go to the hospital to see your doctor. Right. But you still have to wait for your doctor to be available to talk to. Yeah. So by building high-end tech, AI, you know, um, artificial intelligent, um, likeness, you know, like digital twins of your doctors or healthcare, they can take information from people. And we're getting there, you know, like if you go back and look at Minority Porter or all these other (laughs) things, you don't need to talk to a real person initially. You can talk to an AI
0: an avatar can,
1: of, so, of sorts an avatar that can take that I like information. I'd like
0: to send my avatar to my colonoscopy actually
1: <laughs> yes but that's the key I think you know people just need access people need yeah. to talk some people need somebody now how many people die or ha- or end up having serious illnesses because they can't oh my, my uncle just told me the other day he's like he has uh, type 2 diabetes and he's like I can't see my doctor for three weeks yeah. telemedicine or not right I don't feel good, so I either got to go to emergency, which you go to emergency, there's thousands of I went to emergency room one time and I was like, what, you might be sitting in here for three weeks, you know, so. And those
0: stories are sadly legendary and over-documented and, and really crippling sad. The thing that people don't understand is how much money is wasted in this infrastructure layer and crap layer of administrative stuff. Um, man, you could change the world. Man, you can change the world.
1: Hey, we're going to try. And that's all we can do is try. You got the people on both sides. Oh, it's not going to work or it's going to work. Blah, blah, blah. Everything, you know, every major billion dollar company that's out there. And and, and trust me, we're not doing it for the money. um, Who people said we're going to fail because they don't understand it because it's never been done. Yeah. We want to do it. We just want to do it. And. Let it flow and let it grow. Let it flow, let it grow. That's kind of our mentality on this. I like
0: it. It's a good, good, uh, good tagline. Yeah. I like, um, hey, switch it back. I like Napster. I wish we could have figured a way to make that work. That's
1: oh, yeah. Community- if they weren't, you know, like. That was community driven. That was. It was, but they up. weren't, but, you know, but it was community driven, but nobody was getting paid for them. You got, and that's the thing. Greed can't be a part of it either because yeah. greed sometimes will bring you down. And that was such a great model. If they had to come out in the beginning it was like, you know, we're going to do this, test the market. Oh, it's blowing up. Now let's reach out and take care of all the licenses and stuff like that because we're making so much money. Napster would probably have owned all of this right now. You know, so.
0: Well, and in a positive way, it could instead of the one cent or whatever you get paid from Spotify. Oh my
1: God, yes, yes. I, I Every time I get my royalty checks from streaming, it's a joke. <laughs> it's such a joke but you still sign the licensing deals anyway because if you don't it doesn't get used at all or they'll still use it and you just don't get paid because they already got you in their database and the song is in there and go try to fight you know with attorneys that's what they know they're like no one's going to spend the money to fight it because there's not enough money there to fight for
0: I think, that, I think, you know, you have an interesting background for all of this. And I think you understand the community, the tech, and that there needs to be a cash register that's placed in certain places in the ecosystem and that the ecosystem rewards people appropriately. Right. Yeah. It's a balance. It's a balance. <clears throat> so these things are also timing, right? Like how long does it take from where you're at today to get, You know uh start to make a dent what are you looking at from a horizon because there aren't a lot of great dow and and metaverse examples today that we can all point to and say um these things are starting to look like mass market opportunities
1: yeah us we decided to go a different route like i said we want you know to be more community driven let people help us decide what to build so what we did build which i think is a great idea is we built our own social media platform from the ground up with our tech team. And basically that's the start of the interactive web for us or the interactive thing. So we launch it, we get all of our members in our social media platform and that's where the dialogue starts. That's where the ideas start to flourish. And I think the other dials that I've been a part of it's, you know, it's driven by, um, reddit it's driven by discord it's driven by um telegram things like that yeah. and the problem with medical dials is most of the people that we want know nothing about any of those platforms right they're not crypto people they're not web 3x right. people they're not blockchain people right. so we had to create something that resembles what everybody knows which is right. basic social media right. and by creating that platform that's how we get a head start
0: that's smart. I want to I ask one final question on the Dow project. Mm-hmm. What is it we can do to help you?
1: Just get the word out there. Like we're yeah. really, we just started onboarding yeah. people. Yesterday, we, we opened up the website for memberships. Okay. And we're not pushing. We're just like I said, it's a slow growing process. Yeah. We yeah. don't want people to think that we're out there as a land grabber, money grab. Like some of the earlier okay. um, metaverses, it was all like, oh, buy land. Give us a bunch of money for land. And then you start walking around okay. your property <laughs> there's nothing to do here. I spent all this money for my house and there's nothing to do. Yeah. And a year later, there's still nothing to do. Oh, I can go talk to somebody or I could really like you good. could buy a video, real video game that does something for 50 bucks.
0: And <laughs> some cool NFTs printed. Yeah. Well, I like it. Um, what else are you working on? What else are you having fun with?
1: Man, so I've got that from the CEO of MD Dow and also with that connection, one of my um founding partners, doctor's friend reached out and said, hey, can you help us? There's another company called Driven and Driven Performance with a Y, -Y D-R-I-V-Y-N, which is a company that um, has a peer-to-peer system that when you buy your Tesla, they will send out an engineer to help you dial in your car and show you how to drive it. So that's the first part. Driven Performance, which I'm the CEO of, is us taking you out to the track is showing you how to drive your electric vehicle. Uh-huh. And I wanna actually expand that to regular cars too, because I said, well, why are we only doing electric vehicles? Yeah. Once you get on the track, everyone needs to learn. And also too, because we do electric vehicles, regular people in regular cars, especially in California with the next 10, 15 years, everything has to be electric, You know, new cars rather. Yeah. Why not bring people with their regular cars out and they can experience both electric and regular on the track. A track. Is there a track down there? So we got tracks everywhere. We got Button Willow, Willow Springs. Oh, yeah. um, we're yeah. actually talking about building our own tracks for electric because, you know, something that's catered to electric that has all of the charging stations. Because that's one of the problems when you go to um, Willow and some of these other places. They don't have enough charging stations.
0: Well, maybe we get Rivian or Elon or somebody to pay for it. Or- oh, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: I'll call I'll call I'll call Elon tomorrow. I'm like, hey can I get, you know, you <laughs> know. Can I borrow maybe like two, three billion dollars? Um, I know you're making a lot of money on Starlink. Can I get some of that so we could do this? <laughs>
0: yeah. Listen, they built uh they built these places so for you could go out surfing. You know, you could build your own surf camp. Yeah. So why can't cars car camp would be even cheaper?
1: Right. So that's that's what we're pushing. So that's another one. And it's a dial. We're creating a dial for that as well. Okay. I think, might be an
0: F- I think there could be an NFT hook up there too.
1: Oh, no, we're definitely. We're, we're, we actually own our own NFT platform. Is, so, exhibit,
0: is the exhibit involved in this
1: at all? No, <laughs> no, uh, not at all.
0: It's <laughs> awesome stuff. I really, I love all the stuff you're working on, man. It's fantastic.
1: Fun stuff. You know, I, I keep out of trouble by doing this.
0: Well. Uh, I think it's all great I wish you nothing but tons of success any other any other quick shout outs you want to give because uh, um, you know this is all for entrepreneurs this is for influencers and people trying to make a change bring about something real
1: um, yeah oh I got something definitely um, first first and foremost once again rest in peace to my boy who just passed away and um, you know Coolio, you know legend especially for us here on the west coast rest in peace to him but I always want to tell people this We're in a dark time when it comes to um, investments and, you know, crypto and the market space and the Dow. And I mean, Dow Jones, Industrial, all of this stuff, everything is down. Negative,
0: negative. People are freaking
1: out. Gas prices are up, investments are down. Don't fear, ladies and gentlemen, this is when you should be taking your piggy banks and breaking them and buying more stuff. Don't forget, this is America everything goes back up. Everything goes back up. Sit back, relax, watch some TV. Don't look at the stock markets. Don't look at your cryptocurrency assets right now. Everything goes back up. And remember, I told you this, when I've got a lot of crypto and a lot of stuff invested and you don't.
0: (laughs) All right. Mark the tape. Prince, thanks so much for your time. Great to have you on The Look Back.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for listening to The Look Back. We do appreciate your support, welcome any feedback, and would love it if you would subscribe to this podcast and even consider sharing it with some of your friends. For more information and other cool info, check us out at newmanmediastudios.com.